Welcome back, everybody, to Your Creativity. I'm Dylan, I'm a loner, doing a interview with a locally focused podcast on Salt Lake and maybe surrounding. I'm not, not completely sure how far their scope goes outside of Salt Lake, but it's uh, with Local First Utah Executive Director Kristen Lavalette. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You have been in charge, the executive director, f- like 10 years now? When did it start? Um, So Local First Utah was originally organized in 2016 uh, by a small group of business owners, uh, one of whom was Betsy Burton, the owner of the King's English Bookshop. And um, I joined the organization. I'm sorry, I said 2016, but I meant to say 2006. The math didn't add up. Time is too fast. (laughs) 2006 is when we were organized. Uh, we were organized, and then I joined the organization in uh, 2010. So, um, do you know the history about it starting back in uh, 2006? Of like yeah. what kind of it grew from? Right. Absolutely. Well, like I mentioned, our founder is Betsy Burton, and uh, she and a group of business owners, Jorge Fiaro of uh, Rico Food Brands, uh, Susie Daly of the Grounds for Coffee and a handful of other folks, uh, they just recognized a need in Salt Lake City uh, for there to be a voice speaking on behalf of independent businesses, but also um, using the key component that we do of public education. So that's one of the things that sets us apart from other business organizations or other chambers of commerce is not only do we exist so that business owners Uh, can connect with one another, and we provide uh, those business owners with lots of different resources and tools, Uh, but we also do a wide-ranging public education campaign to help people understand uh, the economic, the social, the cultural benefits of buying from locally owned businesses. Uh, I've got a strong connection to two local uh, businesses, Wise Guys. I've been working with them about eight years, and then uh, our co-host Steve Hatch's Hatch Family Chocolates. Yeah, they're and, legends, yeah. Um, ha- have you had any involvement with them? I haven't had a chance to ask Steve if they've... You know, I think, um, I think Hatch has been part of the organization, you know, in, in our hearts because they're just yeah. iconic locals. Yeah. I don't think they're current official members, but we okay. love everything that they do for Salt Lake City. Yeah, Steve and Katie are amazing. They... Yeah they kill all the time. So um, now you have a program right now called um, I Am a Localist. Tell us a little bit about that. So this is a brand new program we're launching. It's an idea that we have been cooking up for quite some time, but um, you know, in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, there are some, some things have had to fall by the wayside, but then also that has created really unique opportunities for other new things. So the I Am a Localist project is designed to help us connect people who are, uh, you know, already kind of locally minded in the way that they shop, the way they dine, um, the way they eat people who care about our local community who are probably already buying locally quite a bit, Um, but it's an opportunity for us to um, sort of just encourage their uh, desire to connect with these locally owned businesses. So the the program includes just a small little sign up, kind of a monthly subscription. If, If you're familiar with 
public radio, it's a kind of the same concept. So there's a monthly donation on the part of uh, the contributor, the individual, and then we provide them with just different opportunities, behind the scenes tours of some of our member businesses, uh, different distilleries, different restaurants, uh, maybe they'll be the, the, you know, have the first um, information about particular sales or events or different campaigns that we're doing. So it's just a great way for us to fulfill our mission on two ends of both highlighting locally owned independent businesses and uh, connecting those businesses to our community and then finding a really firm conduit for people who care about locals uh, to connect with our members. So we launched that this fall uh, in substitution for our uh, traditional annual fundraiser, which is called Celebrate the Bounty. So like I said, in the, in the year 2020, we've all had to adapt, we've all had to change, and we recognized pretty early on that we weren't going to be able to host um, a traditional fundraiser uh, with food and drink and lots of people in one place. So we had to pivot a little bit and create this option really for that same audience of people who loves to come together, who loves to celebrate our local businesses um, and just do it in a smaller, you know, smaller avenues for the time being. Um, you know, you brought up the COVID struggles for everybody. Have uh, businesses been approaching you um, about talking about their struggles and how they can adjust and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing as an organization. We've hosted different roundtable discussions, of course, via Zoom. We've had uh, different online seminars and classes, uh, just ways to connect not only with our members, but lots and lots of independent businesses who really align themselves with what Local First Utah does. And I would say the most common refrain um, that I have heard. Well, it's it's a refrain that I have created to sort of distill a lot of the feedback that I have heard, is that right now small businesses um, they're working twice as hard for half as much. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of them have been able to hang in there uh, really better than they initially thought. You know, in March, April, things looked really grim. Um, but most of our small business community is, you know, they're hanging on, some of them just by the skin of their teeth, but just the simple nature of all the, the way doing business has changed. Um, uh, you know, business owners are really, they're working twice as hard as they used to, and small business owners are already the hardest working people I know. So oh, Yes, totally. Um, with, within the Localist Project, you've got a field guide. Is that new every month or is it like just one main one? Right, so that will be, we're going to update that every six months. Okay. So um, the reason for that so is it, it houses uh, two important components of our website, which are our member directory and then um, our, our blogs that we write about some of our members. And so we really have fun with these blogs. They tell these great behind the scenes stories of um, some of our, our members. And 
we'll be able to update the individual blogs. You know, every time we publish uh, a new blog about a business, it'll also go uh, in the field guide because that's something that you can just easily insert into a document. But yeah. the the, uh, the directory aspect in that field guide, we're just going to update that uh, twice a year in September and in March to, sh to have that information. Uh, but obviously our, our website is constantly refreshed and, and always new and, and updated. And you've also got in there uh, 10 reasons to buy locally. Uh, uh, I'm sad Steve wasn't able to join us because you know he might have some thoughts on that. Do, do we want to run through that if you've got that available? Yeah, um, I can pull it up on our website okay. too just to to talk through a few of them that are that are really uh, you know some that I find to be the most compelling and first and foremost is you know kind of the obvious the reason that we talk about the most which is that locally owned businesses keep more money in Utah's economy exactly. and I I think people know that sort of intrinsically, but when you really dig into how and why it is uh, that local businesses keep more money here, it's pretty fascinating. So uh, we have what we call the Utah Studies Series, which we conducted a handful of years ago, and we, we studied uh, Salt Lake City, Ogden, and then Wayne County. So we got a great picture of the economies of our capital city, of a mid-sized city, and then of a very, very rural community. And when we put all of that information together, we found that uh, for every dollar spent in a locally owned Utah business, 55 cents stays here in Utah recirculating in our local economy, which is about a four times more multiplier effect. Uh, one thing that we're really proud of in this survey is that the sort of national average for, for other organizations like ours that have ever conducted a survey like that, you know, like Austin, Texas, or folks in Chicago, or Louisville, um, Portland, uh, they have found in their communities that there was about a three times multiplier effect of money recirculated. But in Utah, we have a four times multiplier effect, which uh, I think is really unique. It's really special. It's something we're very proud of. And so when I say four times more, et cetera, what I mean there is the kind of, the standard is if you were to take $100 and you went and spent that at a big box store, at Target, at Walmart, at a Best Buy, um, about $13 would stay in Utah's economy recirculating. If you take that same $100 and you go spend that at the stockist, you go spend that at Cafe Maldives, you go spend that at the King's English, about $55 stays here recirculating. And that's largely because locally owned businesses do business with other locals. So you have those big box stores, their whole apparatus is in-house. All of their web design is in-house. All of their accounting is in-house. All of their payroll services are in-house. Uh, but a local business has to use other locals to accomplish those services. So that's how you keep that money just recirculating through our economy. And Salt Lake, it seems like automatically has that local community, you know, already. And you guys, you know, probably been a big part of that and and its growth. Um, 
Did you find that 10 reason article? Oh yeah, so that is, that's one of our 10 reasons for buying locally. Oh, okay, that's the first one. Okay. Some of the others? Yeah, let's uh, go through some of the others. Okay, great. So uh, what we call our reason number two for buying locally is you embrace the character of our community. So one of the things here that I like to talk about is that independent businesses really, they emerge from a sense of place. You know, they really kind of define the unspeakable attributes of a town. Um, we recently posted a blog about uh, BTG Wine Bar, who is one of our members. And one of the things we talk about in that blog is that um, sort of the, the Tawar of Utah's business community, you know, and, and in the world of wine, Tawar is the idea that, that, that the wine, you can identify where it was grown by the way that it tastes. Um, and I think independent businesses have a very similar a similar essence to them you you they are part of the place where they they grow um, some other reasons of our 10 reasons uh, you create local jobs this is a great one uh, local businesses are better than chains or giant online retailers like Amazon at creating more jobs per consumer dollar spent so again in a time like 2020 where we see uh, the impact um, of what's going on in our economy when we do choose to buy from locally owned businesses We know we are helping people get back on their feet We're helping those small businesses who did have to lay off a significant number of their employees early in the year. We're helping them uh, re Recreate those jobs and and get people back to work, which is very important very yeah. um, Another reason to buy locally is that you help the environment so there's lots of different aspects to this. It's, it's, um, you can, this is sort of a choose your adventure of how you want to help the environment by buying locally. For one thing, when you buy from a local community, a, a neighborhood business somewhere uh, in your own town, you're using less energy resources, et cetera, to get your own, you know, physical person to the store. Um, as well, like I said, locals often will get, um, uh, their goods and services from other locals so it takes it's not as much uh, energy and resources used to get to the product to that locally owned business and then of course um, in a time when we're, we are sort of naturally doing a lot of online shopping the thing that happens with online shopping is you wind up with a box full of plastic or tissue paper or peanuts and you have that extra cardboard box and that really that adds up to quite a bit of waste um, so when you buy from a locally owned business, there's less packaging waste as well. Yeah, it's usually just a bag that they give you to carry it out. Exactly. And you can <laughs> sometimes even bring your own bag, which is... Yeah, yeah. A lot of places are doing that too. Uh, they, like in California, we, our last trip to California, you know, no, no plastic bags. You have to bring your own bag, you know. Yeah, yeah they're very serious about it. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was eye-opening for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, another one of our 10 reasons is that you benefit from pa the passion and expertise of the person who owns the business. And, you know, to thrive as an independent business, uh, you know, owners really have to have spent years honing their craft. The Hatch family is a perfect oh, example. Yeah. They are experts in their field, internationally known experts in their field. And you're just not going to get better chocolates from, from, um, you're you're not going to have anything that compares to Hatch Family chocolates. Chocolates, it's one of a kind, and so yeah. that dedication not only to their product but also 
to the experience you have when you're there in your store, the, that personal character, that commitment to customer service. That's something that really sets small businesses apart. Um, another extremely important, this is one of our more economic reasons, is that you keep your tax dollars here. Uh, buying from locally owned businesses that are rooted in, your in Utah ensures that both sales and property tax dollars are reinvested here in our communities. That keeps our roads paved, that pays for our schools, that supports our first responders, that supports our public and city parks. Um, all of those sort of amenities to life in a community are built upon our sales tax and our property tax dollars. Yeah. And I know everyone wants to, to save a, a nickel or dime here, but when it really comes down to it, um, if you are purchasing things online, and, and Amazon has done, has been required, let me be clear about that. They didn't do it out of the goodness of their own heart. Um, has been required to close a lot of those sales tax loopholes within um, you know, their, their online sales. There are still ways to get around that on Amazon. It's not 100% that when you make a purchase on Amazon that you aren't, um, that the sales tax is, is being paid, which you as the consumer are actually um, uh, liable for. When you file your taxes in April, it's a little known fact, there's a, when you file your taxes, so I file mine, um, just online. It's quick and easy. And one of the questions they ask is, have you purchased anything that has crossed state lines that you have not paid um, adequate sales tax for? And you look at that and you always think, no, I'm not, I'm not importing. I'm not an importer exporter. This doesn't have anything to do with me. But every time you buy something online, if you haven't paid your actual sales tax at the point of service, uh, that's what that question is in re is in regard to. So it is something you're liable for as an individual. Good to know. Um, yeah, that was a little bit of a. My team. wife does the taxes, so she probably. <laughs> I, did, I didn't fully know that before. I mean, I don't think anybody. I don't think the IRS is coming after anybody on that particular. Uh, that particular question, but it is there, yes. <laughs> part of life. Um, but another piece of not only just the collection of sales tax, which of course, you know, goes to our municipalities, goes to our county, goes to our state, um, you know, business owners pay really important and significant property tax dollars. And so, uh, you know, one, downtown, yeah. yeah. So one thing that we are seeing, which was already something occurring um, in, the, in the economy, even pre-COVID, was that as Amazon is taking such a significant chunk out of, um, out of uh, consumer transactions, yeah. is that small businesses are closing and then also cities are, are losing uh, the property sales tax dollar or the property tax dollars of, of those closed businesses. So um, it's a pretty significant impact. Um, and particularly, I actually just uh, published a little Instagram story on, on our Instagram about this today is that so far in 2020, consumer spending on a national basis is only, has only dropped by about 10%. Uh, which surprises me, but at least 70% of consumer spending is now happening online, which is a huge jump. Uh, so that means, you know, that's what, that is one of the concerns a lot of folks 
um, you know, economists, um, economic development people, folks like myself, who kind of pay attention to our small business communities and how they interact in our cities and our towns. That's one of our big concerns is seeing that transition to exclusively online retail that it's going to be tricky to get customers to come back from that. Um, and, and what that will mean just in the term in terms of sheer closures of small businesses. Because once those small businesses close, um, you know, we are at we are at a juncture, uh, both in Utah and nationally, where um, there are a lot of monopolies at work, but they're just they're kind of behind the scenes more so than the average consumer can see them. Amazon is definitely one of those that is uh, kind of got a, a, a finger in, in every pie. And when those small businesses start to close, we're not likely to see them reopen or flourish again uh, within another, it, you know, it would take 10, 15, 20 years to be able to rebuild the, the, uh, the small business ecosystem that we have right now. So, yeah, I've noticed on the Instagram, I've, uh, the post of the open, is it called Open Streets? Where you're yeah. um, motivating people to get out and visit the businesses? Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so that is um, actually a project of Downtown Alliance, um, but we are close partners with them. We love to support them in their work and they support us in our work. And so Open Streets is, it's taking place um, every weekend. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, up until October 17th, I believe, is the plan currently. And uh, what they've done there, you know, 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, when, when Main Street was remodeled and redeveloped pre-Olympics, you know, there was this vision that they, they built those, those big sidewalks, those big outdoor sidewalks to have this sort of Parisian European cafe environment on Main Street. Yeah. And so um, what this particular Open Streets project is doing is it's helping those businesses to be able to expand their patio space. Uh, the Utah DABC has actually also been really cooperative in this process as well to be able to expand that patio space. So now the restaurants can seat on the full sidewalk and then the road itself is closed and that becomes the pedestrian thoroughfare so it's just a great way to get out get out into the heart of the city you're still social distancing you're still wearing masks you're still you know following all of the appropriate hygiene protocols um but you can still you know have a good meal in downtown salt lake city and there's a lot of great restaurants downtown too. I, I'm discovering new ones all the time. Right. And, and you know, some some have closed and may not open. Um, where was I going to go with this next? <laughs> um, oh, you uh, and you were you're an ex officio member of the Salt Lake City Business Advisory Board. Number one, what is a ex officio? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely like a. Um, so an ex officio is uh, on a on a nonprofit board or a government board. It's someone who doesn't have voting uh, rights. Okay. So I just sit in an advisory capacity. Um, so uh, the Salt Lake City Mayor Business Advisory Board. It's actually a really fascinating board to sit on. It's something that Economic Development and um, the Mayor and City Council all kind of work together on. And there's different representatives from the business community on the 
on that board. And we meet monthly um, just to, like I said, advise the economic development department, advise the mayor on any policies that they are issuing just in regards to how that impacts the small business community. And I've noticed a couple of people that have been, that are on the board or um, been on the board have been past guests on the podcast. We've had Angela Brown, yeah, you know, yeah. who's amazing for local stuff with Craft City and Slope Magazine, everything. And Stephen Labrum, we've, we found him through Three Irons. Tell us about your experience with him, because I, I had, I knew he kind of did this, but I didn't know his, you know, his scope. Oh, sure. You know, I haven't seen Stephen in a couple of years. He, I think his term on the board has passed, but, um, uh, yeah, so he was the board chair for a couple of years, and really in that role, he just sort of, you know, kind of set the vision for the year, um, helped lead the meetings, you know, super professional, um, really connected to the community. Okay. Um, so um, are they a resource that business can um, contact and work with? Um, yes. So the, the business advisory board, because it is, you know, a a city meeting, it is open to the public. Currently we are meeting online. So that makes it a little more difficult for us to be open to the public, but absolutely, you know, if, uh, if a citizen was like, Hey, I just want to call in to your WebEx meeting and I want to listen to the agenda that you have, uh, that is available. And it is actually um, it's the, the best contact there if you did want to listen to any of the meetings would be uh, Roberta Reichout at Salt Lake City Economic Development Department. Okay. Before we jump into our bonus questions, I, I just want to go back and review, you know, the, the localist thing and right. uh, how businesses can join. Um, right. First Utah and what those right. resources are. Yeah, absolutely. So for um, businesses to join as members, there are a set of criteria. Um, They're pretty simple. Most businesses qualify. So we do uh, require that any business that joins as a member is at least 51% locally owned and operated. Um, They have to have an active business license in the state of Utah. And uh, they can't receive any outside help from a corporate headquarters um, when it comes to marketing, licensing, anything along those lines. And what that essentially means is there's no franchises. Um, We can have a locally owned, grown franchise, like, for example, Beans and Brews, um, but like a locally owned subway would not be part of the equation. Okay. And then um, just review uh, Localist with us. Uh, how can um, people check that out and, and join yeah. if they want to? Yeah, so to become a Localist, just visit uh, www.localfirst.org backslash Localist, which is L-O-C-A-L-I-S-T. And there's a few different pledge options there. There's a a $10 monthly pledge. There's a $25 monthly pledge. There's a very generous $50 monthly pledge. You know, each of those comes with various benefits. Um, The $10 pledge comes with a t-shirt and the field guide, like we mentioned, uh, and then 
special invitations to upcoming events and things. So kind of being the first person to know when we're doing something fun. Uh, one of those things would be, uh, you know, for example, at the end of October, we will be launching what we call our Shift Your Spooky Spending uh, Holiday Guide, which is really focused on helping Utahns direct a portion of their spending um, about for Halloween towards locally owned businesses. Uh, later on in the year, not too far later on in the year, because you know this this time of year always goes real fast. Um, yeah, <laughs> it will. We'll we'll be doing uh, the shop small crawl uh, in different neighborhoods around the city, around the county. Hopefully, we'll have one going on in Ogden. So our localists will receive lots of information about the shop small crawl. That's part of Small Business Saturday, and then we will also be doing Shift Your Spending Month which is our whole holiday shopping campaign. All of our members are included in the Shift Your Spending Month uh, guide. And um, we, we have a lot of we have a lot of fun with that campaign. We have a lot of fun in December, you know, because that's really the time of year when people are very like, where can I go? Where can I buy locally? And in that time, you'll, you know, you'll hear me use this phrase a lot, Shift Your Spending. That's because that's a big part of our public call to action, which is we we want to make it clear to people that buying locally is not an all or nothing equation. It really is just about uh, setting your intentions and being aware of how you spend your money. Uh, so what we do is we encourage people to shift at least 10% of their spending towards locally owned businesses. You know, so for Halloween, you know, Pick out a costume at a locally owned costume shop. Buy your candy at a locally owned retailer, something along those lines. For the Christmas season, for the holiday season, for Thanksgiving, you know, buy your Thanksgiving feast from a locally owned grocery store or a farmer's market. Buy a portion of your gifts from local retailers. Um, because that 10% has a lot of power in it. It doesn't seem like much in your ordinary course of action but um, also from our Utah study series, we found that if every household in Utah, and there's actually quite a few more households in Utah than when we first published that study, but we found that if every household in Utah shifted just 10% of their annual spending towards locally owned businesses, $1.3 billion would stay in our state's economy, which is just a tremendous amount of money. And that's simply, uh, you know, from a pretty small portion of your budget. And for people who are committed localists, like we, you know, we like we're hoping to, to um, gather that fold of folks, uh, is we want to be able to encourage them, you know, maybe this year, shift 10% more. Maybe challenge yourself. Maybe do an all-local Christmas with your family. Things along those lines that are just about changing your behavior ever so much uh, to be able to support our locally owned businesses because in reality that's a decision that impacts your own quality of life for sure great now bonus question time all right bonus questions the first one is um it's your creativity podcast so the first one is what does creativity mean to you oh that's a great question um so i think creativity is um I think it's a way of of trying to maybe reinterpret the way things have traditionally been done. 
So to be able to, to stop and think, you know, for myself, often I will kind of find myself falling into the same work patterns, into the same thinking patterns, into the same life patterns, making the same dinner, you know, that sort of thing. And so it's a chance just to stop and reflect and, and wonder how can I, what can I change and what would be the impact of what I change? Right. Awesome. Next one is a lot funner. Who's your favorite <laughs> Muppet and why? This is an excellent question because I love the Muppets. <laughs> My favorite Muppet is Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and um, he has been my favorite Muppet since I was a child. And the reason he's my favorite Muppet is because, you know, he's kind of the normal, even-keeled guy that manages all the crazy people. But he also is pretty crazy himself. So yeah. <laughs> he's my favorite. Yeah. Awesome. Mine is Gonzo just because he's so yeah. Gonzo's great. And then in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I, do they have to be a living actress? No, no. Um, I would love, oh, now um, Audrey Hepburn, I think. I just, I've always found her to be very charming. I can see that. Me, it's Sean Astin. Nice, nice. Goonies never say die. Yep. Growing up, I thought Michael J. Fox, but then I, <laughs> I discovered I own a mirror and <laughs> Michael J. Fox. So <laughs> moved on to more realistic Sean Astin. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's what's all your social and the, the websites? Yeah. And so all of our handles were super easy to find. It's always going to be at local first Utah. Um, our website is simply localfirst.org. Um, I'm pretty sure if you type in Local First Utah, though, it'll still redirect you. Um, so at Local First Utah on Facebook, at Local First Utah on Instagram. We do, we, we do have a presence on Twitter and on LinkedIn, although I will say uh, the really the heartbeat of our social media presence is Facebook and Instagram. So those are the two places to follow us to get uh, you know, really good, really good daily content about what's going on in our local business community. Excellent. Well, thank you, Kristen. We thank appreciate you. you coming on and, um, you know, telling us how to be more supportive of local businesses and, and everything. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for having me. Podcast is done, man. <laughs> <laughs>